Welcome back, everyone, to Aspire, the Leadership Development Podcast, where we will be discussing the visions, inspirations, and experiences from top educational leaders. My name is Joshua Stamper, and you can connect with me on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua double underscore Stamper. This is the fourth and last installment of the Celebrate Your Story event series. I want to thank you so much for joining me as I've talked to some amazing educators. I want to quickly thank Todd Nisloni as he allowed me not only to speak, but to sit down with all of these fantastic educators. And the two guests today are no different. Jacob Chastain and Andrea Keller provided amazing insight on what they spoke about at the Celebrate Your Story event. They provided impactful initiatives and inspiring resources. My first guest is the creator of Teach Me Teacher, Jacob Chastain. All right, I'm on site with Jacob Chastain. And he is going to be speaking today at the Celebrate Your Story conference. And I'm so excited to see him in person. It's always amazing to connect with someone that you've already been connected with on social media. And he is the host and creator of the Teach Me Teacher podcast. And we're going to talk about that a little bit today. But Jacob, thank you so much for being with me right now. Yeah, man. I'm super pumped that you can feel the energy going down. I'm ready. We had, it was yesterday was the first day. Yes. And you got to launch it off. I launched it. And I'm already jumping in the podcaster (laughs) role. How was it, man? Yeah, it was so exciting. Yeah, the the group and the, the crowd was energetic. It was one of those things where at the end they were like, this was exactly the place I needed to be. Yeah. And that was exciting to, to feel that, to see it, and to connect with so many people. There's so many wonderful educators here, and I'm yeah. excited for you to experience that yourself. So, Jacob, what are you going to be actually talking about today in your presentation? So, my message today is trauma-informed teaching, and it comes from my, it really comes from my personal experience coming from the family that I did, and then how my life later taught me what I need to be doing in the classroom. And it's stuff that I didn't realize until I was faced with struggles in the classroom, until I was faced with seeing kids and all the problems they bring and all the greatness they bring. And it was the the beliefs that are informing what I'm talking about today are beliefs that drive me every single day to to push to be the educator that I want to be and to and to help other educators be the educators that they want to be. Yeah such an important topic and it's one that I've actually talked about a lot on this podcast and trying to bring guests on with you know those strategies so for yeah. those who aren't knowledgeable about trauma-informed practices what are some things that they could immediately bring into and implement in their classroom you know the one thing I always tell people especially teachers who are you know they're struggling with the kid that they know that the, that kid is having a rough life they know when they go home they might not be eating or they don't want to leave you know they're the kid that stays they're at the front of your building until 6 p.m. waiting yep. on someone to pick them up 7 p.m. and teachers struggle with students like that all the time in the classroom because they're not always the easiest to teach and they're not always the most willing to learn right. I think the number one thing is being a good person to them no matter what the circumstances are I think nothing can be overstated just being a responsible adult in a kid's life and being someone that they can count on both for for discipline learning and compassion all of those things i think being that person can change the trajectory of a kid's life even if it's not now right it might happen 10 years from now and that's you know in my book that's kind of the lesson i wanted to give people primarily was like you show up and you might not feel like you're doing anything Right. It might be your first year and you feel like you're drowning, right? Or it might be in your 10th year and you're in a funk. Right. But you are changing lives if you are being good to your students. I, I think that's just the, the number one thing that people can do. Yeah. So I want to talk about your book too. So for those who are maybe looking for a resource, kind of give our listeners a, maybe a synopsis about your book and what they can find in that resource. I think what the book does the best is it shows people what trauma is like from the inside. Because it's not always, you know, when 
I wrote about like real stories from my life right. and I connected them to teaching, but my primary goal in sharing those stories was this is what it's like and this is what it made me think as a kid. This is what it made me think growing up. This is the, the damage it did to my emotional stability growing up. Sure. You know, one of the things I talk about is after years and years of neglect and abuse, you forget how to love people. And, you know, for people that live in a loving family and have a loving community around them, so that's foreign to a lot of people. And I think this book will give you an insight into what that's like, what it's like to be so other right. from people who seemingly have loving relationships and, and communities around them. And, you know, if you grew up in a loving family, I say you should probably read this book yeah. because it'll show you it'll show you what it's like to not have that foundation. Yeah. And for those who were in a stable home, it's hard for them to associate with others that maybe not. And the fact that you talked about neglect too is huge yeah. because I think that's one form of abuse that really people don't really associate with that that term. You know, they yeah. think of physical or emotional, but neglect is actually one of the, the largest forms of abuse and trauma that students... And, and it doesn't matter what economic status you are. Neglect happens for rich kids, it happens to poor kids, yep. it happens to every race, color, creed. Yep. It, it's it's pervasive in our culture in a lot of, for unfortunate reasons, but that that's such a basic thing. Like when we think trauma, we, think, we always think abuse or yeah. the extremes, but... Right neglect can leave people empty and it, it can break the relationships for a long time yeah such an important topic and i'm so excited to see you today present um, i want to pivot to your podcast so sure. for those who haven't had an opportunity to to hear your podcast again it's teach me teacher where did the concept come from and what was kind of the origin story behind that um, i love telling the origin story because it's such a fun <laughs> It's such a teacher story because <laughs> I had what basically we would do these professional developments, you know, these staff meetings. Yep. And at the time, I had a principal who he would bring a, a model up, right, and they would show us a lesson or a structure sure. or a strategy. And I was like, man, there's a. And I was a new, I was a second year teacher at the time, and I was like, there's a lot of really great teachers here, and I don't get to see them. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to talk to them and see them. And you know, if you ask a teacher what they do, they'll tell you. But I wanted more detail than that. Right. And I was like. You know, I, I don't want to record it. Like, so I went, it started out as just a professional developer for my campus. I went to my okay. principal and I said, hey, I want to record these conversations and just do like a, a podcast for us to listen to as a staff. Mm -hmm. And it might pull us together, it might not, but let's right. see. And then, you know, six months passed, you know, I started getting like a couple hundred downloads a month. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. You know, I was like, other people are listening. Sure. And, you know, flash forward, you know, a year, you know, it was a couple thousand. You know, and now we reach tens of thousands of people yeah. every month. We're sponsored by Heinemann Publishers. We are, it's a global podcast. We have some of the biggest names in education on there. And it's all because I said, hey, I want to talk to cool teachers. <laughs> and that's, it's just, that's how it became. And right. now it's a book and it's a company. And it's, we, I think we have one of the best podcasts out there for yeah. people that want the information that you sometimes have to pay thousands of dollars to get. Correct. Yeah, it's right at their fingertips, which is so amazing that there's a, a free resource there yeah. that teachers can tap into. Jacob, how can our listeners connect with you on social media? The best way to get a hold of me directly is probably through my email at the contact page at teachmeteacherpodcast.com. I'm always on the Instagram, which is yep. teachmeteacherhost. Um, I do hang out on Twitter, but it might take me a second to check out my <laughs> notifications. But if you want to join the Teach Me Teacher community, 
Facebook is where it's at. We got about 45,000 people over there on the Teach Me Teacher Facebook page. It's where the majority of the content goes. It's where, because we do videos, we do all kinds of fun stuff. Yeah. Uh, we do giveaways, all that major stuff. And that's where the majority of our teachers hang out. But I love to connect with anybody. If you DM me or email me, it might take me a second, but I will get back to you every time. That is not an empty promise. You all need to definitely check out Jacob, connect with him. He is an amazing resource. And thank you again for being on the podcast. Thank you. My second guest is the talented Andrea Keller. She's a librarian and is making a huge impact on her campus. And her session had just so many wonderful ideas on how to impact students through the library space. All right, again, we're at the Celebrate Your Story event, and I am here with Andrea Keller. She just presented. She kicked us off for day two, and it was exciting. She was wearing a tutu and full of energy. It was a wonderful way to start the second day. Andrea, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Thank you for having me on. Yeah. For those who didn't have an opportunity to be at this event, what was it that you were talking about this morning? So this morning, I kicked it off with bringing the sunshine. I talked about the different things and how important it is to be a good listener, but also share with others how important they are. That's awesome. And so your title is librarian and I love having different guests on here with different titles because like I said in my session it was that every person on a campus is a leader and the librarian has so much influence on a campus. So how are you influencing your campus on a daily basis? And first of all I love that you said that in this session because people forget they're like, oh, no, I'm just a teacher. No, no, you're not just no. a teacher. You're a leader. So I yep. love that you said that yesterday. But I am really involved. Um, I know that we all have super busy schedules, but I really work on the fact that I want to provide opportunities and space because the library is the heart of the school. Yep. So I want to provide opportunities and space for students to be feel like, feel like they can come in and just do whatever they like to do. But teachers can come in, that everybody has a space they can come in and they can be involved in some sort of way. That might be just checking out a book. It might be participating in one of my programs that I have. Or it might just be coming in to take a break from the reality that they have their house. There's a lot of perceptions about what a librarian does and who that person should be. Mm-hmm. What are some misconceptions that you're trying to break? So when I thought about library, librarians and library land, when I first, I know some amazing ones, but you know, libraries are quiet. Yeah. They're places that, you know, you just go check out books. When in reality, libraries, like I said, are the heart of school, but they have so much more than that. Our library is not quiet. It has tons of different things involved in it. Like I said, I check out not just books. I check out ukuleles. I have games that they can play. I have things that the kids might not realize they can do, but I also have the space. So I know in my session today, I talked about my dance club that I yeah. have, that I have no moves whatsoever. <laughs> um, but I know people that do. And so giving those opportunities for students that they might not have otherwise, and that to feel like they belong. Because a lot of times we forget, especially middle school, when they're awkward, yep. that they don't know that they belong somewhere because they don't even know who they are. They have no clue. Yep. So the library is a great space where they can come in and they can belong and have a space and have somebody to listen to them. So I love giving practical strategies to my listeners. So what is one initiative that maybe you've created that you saw success that someone else might be able to adopt on their campus? I think having a no makerspace is a huge thing right now. But some people are like, oh my gosh, I don't have the money for makerspace. I don't have the time for makerspace. And I don't have the energy for makerspace. So I do a makerspace on a more 
specific level. I choose an activity and I have it available with the directions and then I let kids create off that. So a lot of people use Pinterest or Instagram. So I go to images.google.com and I type in something that I'm interested in. Right. I see the picture and I'm like, oh, this is how I can recreate that. Super simple, super cheap, like the scrunchies we yep. do for 80s day. Yep. I know we had an 80s day coming up. I'm like, where are some 80s crafts? Because you know, we all want to do that. So I found that I had to make a scrunchie and then I put it out with stuff that I already had and it was set up for that specific day. And so I didn't have to have all the material out the whole time. There was already set up stations. So it's a little more structured, um, which I think kids need too, because sometimes if you just put lots of stuff out, they'll do stuff with it and they'll create, and we want them to do that. But if they have no idea where to even start with creating, they don't know what to do. And right. so then they just give up. Sure. So having that kind of there as a basic start, and then hopefully they can go beyond that. Right. Almost teaching the skills prior to exactly. Them going exactly. Out to yeah. And I think that's a missing piece. The other thing I loved was pretty much every initiative that you talked about had some form of topic that was tailored to a middle schooler. So why is that so important that you find some pop culture items to bring into your space? Is it purely just to get the attention of the students or was there something deeper there? So I try to listen to what the kids need and what the kids want. Because if you, especially middle, middle school, is just such an interesting age. Yes. And so, and they feel like nobody listens to them. And they feel like I don't really have anywhere to go. So rather than just bring in great, like, just stuff, because, I, I mean, I would love to do all these different things. But if they have, don't have any interest in it, they're not going to be invested in it. So I've listened to what they want and what they're invested in. And that's the kind of books that I choose to bring in. Those are the ty types of programming that I try to bring in. So right. I really try to listen to what the kids, and it's funny because I have great librarian ears. So if they're sitting across the way, I'm like, oh, <laughs> I catch them in conversations that I have to catch them out of, but it also gives me a chance to really listen to what their needs are. Sure. And I know, Andrea, you blog. So mm -hmm. what are the types of things that you're writing about, and how can people find your blog? So I actually have two different blogs I write on. I have my Busy Bee Ideas. I think I've been blogging for like almost 10 years there. Wow. And that's just kind of a smattering of Girl Scouts, Destination Imagination, whatever might be on my mind. Sure. But my Be in the Bookends blog spot is totally just the programming that I do and it has links to things that I've created. So people that feel like they're not going to be successful, everything's right there. They can just take it, they can take those ideas and use them in their own in their own library or their own classroom. Awesome. So if someone is listening to this, they're wanting more ideas to enhance reading or to do something within the library space, how can they connect with you on social media? So they can find me on Instagram and Twitter at AKBusyBee because I am a busy bee. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> I, I don't sit still well. And then um, I am also on Instagram at Be in the Bookends, and that's all library land stuff. That's awesome. Andrea, it's been such a pleasure to connect with you today. Well, really this whole weekend, get to know you. You are a ball of energy. Um, I love it. And you are making a huge impact. For those who are listening, please make sure that you connect with Andrea. Thank you so much for being on the no, podcast. No, thank you. Make sure you check out next week's bonus episode with Jeff Gargas as we do our second edition of the Aspire Mailbag. If you have any leadership questions, you can send those out to me through social media on Twitter or on Instagram at Joshua double underscore stamper.